Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey everybody, if you are marking the calendar, we have arrived at the last Tuesday in the month of May, which means there's June and then there's July and then there's football. Uh, and so it's not even that's, September anymore. That's how we that's how we are closing in. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler, welcome to the Wise Guys, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you tonight from all over the world. Let us know where you're viewing and and a question. We know this show's big because. Gennaro Guilford just walked through that door. Remember when Rick Pitino was telling uh, Boston fans that Larry Bird was not coming through that door? Yeah. Yeah, well, Gennaro just came through this door, so... Oh, he's coming. We, he's coming We know we've got door. a show. Yeah. We have got a show tonight. We encourage you to follow us on YouTube. We've got a link in the chat. Hit the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. Click the bell. You'll get notifications for whenever we post something or go live. The more subscribers we get, and we're growing quickly, uh, the longer we get to do this show. So we're excited about it. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, YSGuys.com. Yeah, it's, and join, um, subscribe to YSGuys.com. Also subscribe to YouTube. The nice part is that the website, YSGuys.com, it's laid out really nice. So you yeah. can, you kind of go through and pick and choose. And you can also go back and look through the archive. If you're thinking, oh, I never saw the show with Danny Ainge on. I would love, and you can go back and find the Danny Ainge show. And, and, and uh, it, so it's organized in a fashion that uh, anything that you missed you can go find later on, which is great. All right, we've got folks from Houston, Salt Lake City, nice. as uh, as the uh, uh, the the call has gone out, and those who subscribe, yeah, and like you mentioned, get a buzz on the phone, like, "Hey, Wise Guys is going live," and uh, and then and then we gather everybody in, and so we're excited. We've got a lot to talk about as always, and BYU football. Uh, we're one day away from the kickoff times for the first three games. That's right. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. And cornerbacks coach, as we mentioned, Gennaro Guilford's here. We're going to break down that position as BYU gets ready for the Big Twelve. Right, and it's a, and it's a big time important position in the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve, as everyone knows, is a league that they throw the football around. It's a league that's renowned for its offensive production and. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of uh, attention on the defensive backfield yeah. and coverage and all that. Of course, coverage is a lot better if you've got a great pass rush. We'll, we'll talk to, to Gennaro about that in just a little bit as well. Shout out from Beaumont, Texas and Henderson, Nevada and uh, everybody else. It's going to be a fun see, night. See, so Ruthie5358 uh, says, I love getting the buzz saying we can watch. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So she just got a little alert saying, hey, Hey, wise guys are live streaming right now. She's I gotta like, oh. go. So even if you forget, you're like, oh yeah, I, I gotta get on there. I'm just sitting here watching nothing right now, and so <laughs> that's why we're saying, here I'm for you on Tuesdays. We're, we're much better than nothing. We're <laughs> we're better than something too. Sometimes. Exactly, exactly. We'll take that. So track and field, they are gonna send a handful of Cougars to the NCAA championships. We'll roll down every name a bit later in the show. That's right. Hey, men's golf, one bad round uh, cost the Cougs of getting into the yeah. NCAA yeah. championships. And we're going to describe, because it was kind of weird, the the bad round was a result of scheduling, in my opinion. Well, they just played bad, but it's a unique situation, yeah. and we're going to explain that in just when a bit When you don't play you. on Sunday right. at the championships, 
yeah. it's different. And uh, this this year it really kind of bit them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it did. And it, and it hasn't in the past. And they were good enough that they could have competed in the NCAAs. But just like it is, I mean, how many times have we said, even on the PGA Tour, oh, man, if Tony Finau just hadn't had that one bad round. But but you got you to play all the you rounds. You got to play all the rounds. You got to play all the rounds. Jaden from Hillsboro, Oregon, we see you. Welcome to the show. And thanks to Ruthie, who says we're way better. And when she says way better, it's in all caps, than nothing. <laughs> Thank you. So that's good to know. Go. I, so. ra- I don't know if we raise the bar or lower the bar, but we're better than, <laughs> than nothing. Yeah, and Taylor, and Taylor Smith starts off right off the bat with, uh, hey, let's get the Utes back in the, in the Big 12 so we can bring the Holy War back. Would love that. Yeah, that'd be we'll that'd be that. fine. And you know what? We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Big Twelve. There's some so. stuff going on. Yeah, there is some stuff like. going on. So, hey, so so BYU, um, uh, as we get ready, it's like right now we just keep prepare. It, it's like football never ended because the transfer portal portal and all that. Right. Um, you mentioned Sam Houston State, twenty four point favorite. That's the BYU's buzz. BYU is a twenty four point favorite. Right out of the gate, established a um, Permit Harper of KSL. That's the largest. Week one spread in favor of BYU against an FBS team since 1989 going against New Mexico. It's a long time. Yeah, so Ty Detmer a, was the quarterback. So, so at least somebody believes in the Cougars, <laughs> and it's Vegas, right? It's Vegas that believes in them. So, so uh, some scheduling news. ESPN says they're going to release the start times and the TV locations for the first three weeks of the season tomorrow which is May 31st. Let's take a look at the Big 12 schedule. DJ or Miranda will put that up as we talk about it. September 2nd, Sam Houston. September 9th, Southern Utah. And September 16th, Arkansas. So those three start times, we'll know tomorrow morning. Right. What do you think they're going to be? Oh, I, here, here's the thing. And I, where? That, that's the bigger thing to me is not, not necessarily, hey, is it an afternoon game or an evening game, but is this thing on the mothership? I, my bet is I'll, I'll just speak to the Arkansas game. Okay. That Arkansas game is going to be a nationally televised game. It's in the SEC, so I will not be surprised if that's a day game national television, that Arkansas game. Could be ESPN2 yep. or ESPN. ESPN or ESPN2 in the daytime. Sam Houston and Southern Utah, you got to feel like those will be ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Which, or, or, uh, that's or, the new world. Or an ESPN U, or maybe. U. Yeah. Uh, and and so, very much could be a night game. Do you know what, though? Do you mind night games in early September when they've got to be night games? There's got to be late TV window I'm, games, I'm don't just, they? I'm fine with that. That early in the year, I don't want night games in October, which I don't think BYU will get anymore. If you're in right? the pitch dark, that it's going to affect the Jets. We might not get Jets if we're playing at eight thirty, right? But um, you bet. So yeah. I bet those are both eight o'clock type games, which is perfect. Yeah, that to time get started. Of year. Yep. So because Arkansas, we could be a noon. Sure. New, Start in the kick, middle of the heat. Or, and, or, or even an 11 a.m. kick in, in mountain time because it's back at, at Arkansas, so it could be. And then the rest of them, uh, you know, we could learn start times like six days out. Right. As, as Fox and ESPN, which own the league, uh, they have that right. There, there's no reason to roll out October until you get to October. Right. And you know what? BYU will appear the, the better they are. As the season progresses in terms of a record, the more exposure they will get because the more they will be featured in, you know, yeah. Fox National or right. ESPN National games. And so if if they, you know, if they if they go out and win seven, eight, nine games and they're on that roll, you'll see a lot of big time games in prime time or afternoon games on a Saturday um, as that schedule rolls out and they get into the and they get into the Big Twelve. So Saratoga Springs. 
What's up? We see you. From Thanks across for the watching. lake. Yep, we see you. And it's only your phone number, so we're not going to tell that. Yeah. We're not we, don't want, that. we don't want people just calling you. So <laughs> you need to create a call sign like Ruthie or, or you know, or yeah, just put, you know, you put your something. name in there. I don't, we don't want to give out your phone number. I'll give out Dave's, but that's it. That's right. ESPN's <laughs> Power Index, speaking of schedule and schedule strength. And we'll ask Gennaro about this kind of stuff, too. Uh, the Cougars have the third toughest schedule among the 14 teams in the Big 12, according to the ESPN Football Power Index. Right, and if they, in national rankings, Texas schedule is ranked number 12 in the country. West Virginia is 26. And BYU is the 28th most difficult schedule in the country. Preseason, anyhow. Yeah. You know, these things kind of morph and change. Because sometimes... They could be tougher. Yeah, sometimes you think there's teams that are going to be really, really good. Like, everybody thought Oklahoma... You know, if you played Oklahoma preseason, you got a lot of, you know points for that last season and then they were just kind of okay yeah at the uh, end they were on espnu right you know and so so it's i mean this isn't everything but it it's something it gives you it it's gives something. you a starting point where it's a top you know top 20 or top 30 strength of schedule schedule and that doesn't surprise and part of it is you're playing a big 12 schedule and then most big 12 teams and in most years you don't go on the road and play Arkansas in the SEC, right? Right. So that's gonna that's gonna make BYU schedule's gonna tip it a little bit and make and, it a top just thirty type schedule. If Tennessee didn't buy their way out of the opener, Tennessee would be the opener, right? And then there'd still be Arkansas, and then the Big Twelve. Yeah, and, and look in the future, like the way you want to schedule, because you want to schedule to be able to build, and you want to schedule because. You know, we're going to talk to Coach G here in a little bit, but you want to get a kind of a look at your guys and get rotations and do all of that early because you're going to play this long conference season, all yeah. P5s. And so typically you're going to have an FCS school in there that, that should be an automatic win. You're going to have maybe two F, F um, uh, or may, may, maybe two FBS teams that are G5 type schools. If you play a P5 school, it's got to be, you know, a preseason classic or a rival game. It's got to like mean something. A, so, it's, so it's, otherwise, you play a couple of FBS teams yeah. because you want to be able to get through those first three games injury-free and understand where your strengths are. Maybe the lineup changes a little bit before you get into your conference schedule, which is something BYU hasn't had for more than a decade, right? So the way you build these are a little different, but there is a transition because they had to honor that yeah. contract with Arkansas. They would have had to honor the one with Tennessee. Can you imagine with this schedule next year, Opening with Tennessee, and 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 then and then have an Arkansas, and so yeah. two of your first three games. That's not even fair. There's a reason that would have been didn't a top happen. five schedule, right? Add that one. Absolutely would. But but thank goodness Tennessee wanted out, right? Other news this week: Zach Wilson's younger brother Isaac, another outstanding quarterback at Corner Canyon High School, he announced that uh, he's going to play where his dad played at the University of Utah. Neither of us were surprised in that. BYU had offered him, but they've offered a lot of guys, and they've got their eyes on some others that they're they're excited about and i wrote in the deseret news um this was not the zach wilson scenario remember when when zach wilson signed with byu there was no one there was tanner mangum and then the cupboard was bare because the guys that ty had recruited left with ty right right i mean they never came they went they went to tanner mckee and some of those went elsewhere right uh and so zach came in with the opportunity to save the day to play it right took away. him a couple of years, but but look what he did. But but in this scenario this year, you've got Keaton Slovis, and the guy you got right behind was the number one junior college quarterback in America. Right. And, That's totally different from 2017. And, and you've got a transfer down from Boise State, who was a big-time national yeah. recruit before that, who's played really well 
um, as a transfer and in spring ball. And behind him, you got a freshman that you just brought in from who came early in January, who's got a tremendous skill set and huge upside. Yeah, it's a totally different and, and time. You're, and you're riding back-to-back NFL draft picks at quarterback. And grateful for right. Zach that Zach came and, and, and look what Zach did. Zach helped put BYU in the Big 12. Right. That 11-1 and season during COVID when everyone had to sit home, including every Big 12 fan, and watch BYU on Saturday night because no other teams were playing. And then a couple of years later, the push is, hey, BYU is a no-brainer. Let's get them in. They saw BYU dominate every weekend. And the game that they lost, they took on three days' notice, and they still respected Coastal Carolina out of that. And I, so I, I give all credit to to Zach and his choice to not go to Boise State, to come here. Utah didn't recruit him, and he, he was a star. He'll remain a BYU right. star. But his younger brother, he can go play wherever he wants. Right, and, 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 no, and hey – the the Wilson family will always be a you know part. They still of, got two kids on right. the, in the program. And they're part. Of, they're part of the. B, <laughs> they're part of the BYU family, and that's okay. Yeah, if, totally. If, if Isaac goes up there, and and uh, as you mentioned, it's not desperate times for BYU, and and Isaac's probably looking at like we're. Do I have the best opportunity to play? And maybe for him, that's that's Utah, and that's Could just be. fine. That's just yeah. fine, and so, um, hey, we still we still love the Wilson family. Right. They're, they're part. They're, I they're, gotta, they're, I, now they have to wear red and blue shirts because exactly. they're Cougars and Utes. I got a nice note from Lisa, Zach's mom, who thanked me for the for the story. And, and she made mention, and hopefully she won't mind me saying this, but she made mention that it kind of feels like, like a lot of people have forgotten what Zach did for BYU. No one's forgotten that. No one's forgotten that. BYU's in the Big 12 because of a lot of what the Zach oh, Wilsons yeah. and other guys like him have done in the program. And he'll continue that way. And, and, and we'll be what? cheering you, for him with the Jets. You don't get a Keaton Slovis. You don't get number one JC transfer and Ratzliff. No. You don't even talk to the to the players that BYU's talking to at that position. If Zach's not the number two pick in the draft, exactly. and then Jaron follows it right up and gets drafted, and and so now BYU that's rarefied air. If at Slovis that position. gets drafted, how many programs in this country have back to back quarterbacks drafted? And then you want to know what the quarterback before that wasn't drafted. But he's a superstar in the league in Taysom yeah. Hill. Yeah. And, and and even though he's not playing quarterback, like everybody is knows that Taysom Hill and his name is synonymous with BYU. So really, you've got three NFL guys in a row that have played that position. And BYU's starting to build at running back in, in the same yeah. way. You, you go Jamal Williams and then Tyler Algier falls him. So pretty soon, Aiden Robbins is going, I, I have a thousand yards rushing. I can I'm go coming. to a lot of places, but I'm coming because yeah. it's a pathway to there. I you saw know, some and, video. And Coach, G, Coach G, he's got Michael Davis is there, you, you know, and that helps. Um, you know, Caleb Hayes, hopefully. Chris Wilcox has been, you know, you get some guys in the league and then all of a sudden it gets everybody's attention. And, and no position is more visible in the quarterback position. So BYU's talking to people that they weren't talking to before at a very, very high level at that position because of the heritage, these last three guys, and Zach's a huge part of that. I saw some video today of Jamal Williams catching passes from... Uh, uh, from Taysom. From, not from Taysom. It was from... Who'd they get the, from uh, the Raiders? Uh, oh, um... David Carr. Yeah, from David Carr. So he's catching passes veteran, from David Carr. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I love seeing football practice video because we're into that. And, and BYU's running backs, like Jamal led the National Football League in touchdowns. Yeah. Tyler Algier was the leading running, leading rookie running back in the league. Thousand yard, yard rusher. It, and, it's like Tyson Williams is on the Cardinals. Yeah, it's yeah, and that's the goal is through this recruiting to have multiple players at each position playing in the league, because kids, 
yeah, they want to know about your NIL deals and, um, but they come and see this environment and they see the crowd that BYU plays in front of and they see the national exposure. So if they're good and they see a couple of guys at their position that are in the league, that helps seal the deal. So that's important. Our friend Steve Young, former quarterback, Super Bowl MVP, awarded the 30th Annual Distinguished Utah Award from the Salt Lake Chapter of the BYU Management Society. Your daughter Libby performed at the event. Steve's going to be on the show later in the summer. Yep. Uh, what an I, honor for him. I talked to him. I said, and he said, yeah, absolutely. So I told him, let's do like August and do a college football preview, a BYU preview. And he goes, okay. Yeah. So we'll get him. We'll get him we'll for sure. That. But and, and what a great honor. This is some really uh, visible people have, have uh, won this award in the past. And uh, um, Bob Gay spoke at it, you know, the former Bain Capital guy and Huntsman Gay founder, along with Steve Young. And um, Dieter Uchtdorf was there and the governor was there. And it's like it, it was like a who's who. That's awesome. Um, Sherry Dew was there. Yeah, who's going to be on the show I later talked in to June. Sherry. She's, she says she's pumped. And I, and I told her that we couldn't be more excited than we are to have her on the show. And, and she basically told me not to overhype her. <laughs> so, well, we probably will. That's yeah, what but, we do. But let's we're going to have her there. Let's bring Gennaro in and, uh, and, and kick this thing off. We've got a lot more football news coming up after our visit as well. Um, but as we, as we bring in this uh, outstanding young man, He's charged with getting BYU's cornerbacks to play defense like he did when he was a player. If he could do that, then we're in good shape. <laughs> Our pleasure to welcome Gennaro Guilford to the Wise Guys. We got your mic up. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it's good it. to have you here. You know, we were going to have us as a discussion point, but let's bring you in on this. CBS reporting that Colorado's had direct talks with the Big 12 about making a move. Doesn't mean they will, but it also uh, certainly confirms that, that they might. Does the Big 12 need Colorado? Does it need to expand their borders? What's your opinion? Um, that's above my pay grade. But, um, of course, the more the more the merrier, you know. Um, Would you yeah. like it to see it be a 14-team league or even go to 16? Uh, yeah, I mean, 16 would be good. 14 would be good um, to have two different sides with um, a lot of different um, talented programs would uh, make the Big 12 great with uh, – teams and i want to say it's all the time zones if yeah they, if, i think that's what they're the looking for come, so. yeah he's i know that i know that uh uh it's kliakoff no your mark your mark no yeah. do not say kliakoff yeah, that's, that's the pack 12 guy that's struggling so your mark and we had a nice visit with your mark um at the baylor game right. he came on set with us and had a good visit with him he's got this great vision for this conference to be a coast-to-coast conference you've already got central florida and west virginia and east coast time zone cincinnati's an east coast time zone and to, and to pick up, um, you know, Colorado, another in the mountain time zone, and then if you could get maybe one over Arizona, yeah, you get an Arizona or San Diego State, even or do you from a recruiting standpoint, you recruit Arizona. Do you care if BYU has a presence in Arizona? Like, would an Arizona school benefit BYU by being in the Big Twelve? Um, I'm not sure if it'll benefit or if it'll hurt us because then we'll be going against the same guys in the, in the same conference. Yeah, um, like for right now, we're we're in the Big 12, so, I mean, the selling point is a little bit different right. than um, both the, the Arizona and Arizona State. So I'm not 100% sure how that would affect us. I don't think, I don't think we lose kids to those schools. I just don't know if it gives us more <laughs> yeah. advantage to well, say, it, oh, we're also going to play there. Now, it was interesting. So back when I played, which was, like, we used to fold our helmets up and put them in our pockets. That's like, it's leather. Leather helmets, no face masks. But, about 10 years ago. Yeah, so long ago. But, but we used to... 
um, have a deal with the University of Hawaii, who was in our league at the time, the old WAC, that we would play them four years um, and no three years and then one here, yeah. three on the road. And we we got the Hawaii Player of the Year every year for like yeah. eight straight years because we would tell them, listen, we're taking you home to play in front of your home crowd every year. And I think that maybe is the only angle that you could play with. We could say, listen, we realize Arizona, Arizona State, you're gonna, we're gonna play at one of those schools every year down there and you're gonna go play in front of a home crowd down there, but you're gonna play on a winning team, you know? So so <laughs> no, that, that that's a recruiting. I won't be three, three on the road and one at home like it was with Hawaii. We loved it. We got to go pretty much every year to Hawaii. Hey, Richard from Panama checking in tonight. That's our first visit yeah, from Panama. Well, have we had show. anybody from... Yeah, we had somebody from Argentina. Yeah. That was on. And we've had Japan. But first, our first from Panama. That's our first from Panama. So, Richard, thanks for joining us from Panama today. Has this whole Cougar Nation thing, does it blow your mind, the reach that it, the program has around the world? You know what? Um, it does, um, especially because... As a player, I didn't really, um, I didn't really pay attention like that. Yeah, I didn't really notice um, how we branched out so much. Like it's really, really worldwide. So, um, as a recruiting tool now, oh, I definitely use it. Like, yeah. trust me, like Cougar Nation is huge. Just like it's bigger than you can even imagine. Well, we get a taste of it uh, on this show and everything we do with yeah, BYU TV. People and from all over the world, and then we get we get emails. You know, we're doing basketball games, and we have people emailing from Brazil saying, hey, that was great to watch you. Brazil and Panama and Chile and Argentina and over. Remember, we had a whole group of folks that were getting up in the middle of the night and watching games that we were doing in Singapore and South Korea that were serving in the military. And we just thought, how cool is it that BYU really has not just a national brand, but a global brand? It, it, it's definitely global. Um, definitely appreciate it. Who does it mean more to the kid or the parent when you go into a house? Probably the parent. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes the the kids are, are worried about ball and school, right? Um, because they haven't reached reached that uh, maturity level yet of just just to know how much um, the the global connection can really really be, especially as far as um, Life after football. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. And we we we've talked about on this show, um, G, about um, like NIL deals at BYU are being structured a little bit different. Where it's not just, hey, we're gonna give you two hundred grand, so just come, and then you hurt your knee, and sorry, the two hundred grand's gone. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, we're gonna give you some money, so don't worry about that. You're not gonna be struggling here financially, but we're gonna network you with a global network of people that and help you start businesses and help you get going and mentor you. And when you're done with football, you're going to be able to make a great living the rest of your life because of the contacts you make by coming here. And and is that something that you currently are selling to parents, especially right now? Uh, Yes. That's, that's, that's the most important thing as far as, as far as the parents go. Um, I mean, because at the end of the day, it is what it is. We're in, we're in the college football world where um, everybody's getting, NIL deals and um, but if you can if you can sell them on the 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 point of life after football especially with the connections and um, what to be involved and I'm like look you you have to come see it like just just give me a chance come on a visit meet everybody see what we're doing and then make your decision so and you usually get your guy if you get him here right it's a high percentage. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a, good. It's a high percentage. You know, we don't 
we don't get them all. Um, you know, um, we have to find the right fit. Right. You know, um, guys who, guys who want to be here, um, guys who can um, uh, fit in both on and off the field. Right. Um, but we kind of do that homework prior to. So majority of the time, if we if, if we get them here, that means that that them and their parents uh, liked what we had to say. So um, as a player, you started in twenty eight games at the corner. So what mentality must you have to be a good corner at this level of the game? Yeah. Um, short-term memory, you know, that's, that's going to be one. Um, at the end of the day, we play a position where we're going to get beat. Um, I mean, you can't do anything about it, you know. Um, guys are going to catch the ball. Um, so you got to be able to forget about it and move on to the next play. Um, and then you got to be competitive. Um, you got you to gotta love, love to win. Um, I tell my guys all the time, I mean, regardless of what it is, I don't care if we're playing uh, word, word scramble or tic-tac-toe. Like, you have to love to win. Like, you have to genuinely love it. Um, so if you have a short-term memory and you're competitive, a student of the game, um, you can be successful. You know, I, when you talk about that competitive nature, um, I was talking about on this show uh, like a year ago, watching some summer workouts, and then once fall, fall camp started in August, and you guys are in one-on-ones. And I noticed, like your 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 top guys, Caleb and and uh, you know D'Angelo and these guys, when the top receivers would come up, when Puka would come up once he was healthy, they'd be like, "Oh, I got him! Oh, let, yeah. let me let <laughs> me!" And and I said, "Whoa! I really I liked that. I liked that your best guys wanted to to cover and defend the best guys. Is that something you teach them to do, or do they just have um, that? They just kind of have it, and they learn from the from the older guys, you know, um, and it works both ways. We have receivers the exact same way. Um, if they're up and a young guy's up, they're like, nope, move. <laughs> let, me get, <laughs> let me get the vet. So um, it, just, it just builds that uh, competitive spirit uh, throughout, throughout the whole practice. In baseball, we hear that phrase, good pitching beats good hitting almost every time. We see it in the World Series all the time. Uh, when a quarterback is on, it's like back in the day when Blaine's playing. When he's on and he's got good receivers to throw to. They can't stop us. <laughs> What's no, it like over man, there? Look, it, it's, it's, it's definitely like that, man. It's, it's, it's certain times where a quarterback and a wide out, they're, they're just they're, they're on point. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have great coverage. You're in the right spot and everything. But the quarterback puts it in the right spot. The receiver makes a tremendous catch. And you can't do anything about it. But get up and, again, short-term memory. Yeah. You got to just move on, move on to the next play. But I mean, we've seen it over the past few years with like guys like Puka and right. Isaac Rex and um, you know Chase and Gunner. You know, sometimes guys are in perfect, perfect position, and sometimes even like the Boise State game, the DB gets a hand on the ball and it still doesn't matter. Yeah. He still catches it, and it's like I don't know what else to do, coach. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we we talk about that Baylor game down there when Puka, um, e- even though they're a top ten defense that year. It was just like, whoa, Puka's in a zone, and it's just like just they cannot it. stop him uh, right now. No matter what they do, they cannot stop him. And that's tough when a, when a guy's kind of hot throwing it and has a hot target that just is gobbling up everything. Hard to stop, right? Absolutely. It, it, especially if you don't have a short-term memory. Uh, right. Because then it's, I'm, I'm thinking about the last three times the guy threw the ball. Like, okay, he jumped over me one time. He threw it back short another time. He dove for another one. And I was there on all three of them, and he's throwing it again, and you're like, okay, please, 
let me make the play, and he catches it again. It's like, wow. <laughs> you can't really do anything about yeah, it. And then he has to face you when he comes off the sideline. What do you tell him? Hey, man, keep on playing. Yeah. Keep, keep your head up. Keep your head up and keep on playing. Make the next play. And you tell him you're in the right spot, you're doing all the right things, yeah. and, and so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I see you, but it does, it, just because he caught the ball doesn't mean I don't see you, right? Absolutely. I, my guys know um, I never get I never get um, upset with them if they're in a man-to-man situation. If they're in the right spot at the right time, um, and it's, it's a good throw and a good catch, it's like, man, hey, it happens. Keep on battling, and um, eventually your time will come. So this sta- this statement we hear, how tr- how true is this? Perfect throw, wait, perfect route and perfect throw beats perfect coverage every time. Is that a true statement? From a defensive guy, we want yeah, to know from if that's a true statement. Because we always say that we 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 always used to say not every time. If, no. if, not every if time. you run a perfect route and the throw is perfect, it's going to beat perfect coverage every time. We used to say that. That of course we had to say that because we were offense, right? Not every time. No. Not every time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because sometimes we're in we're in perfect coverage and we um, we did our homework, so we might cheat a little bit, yeah. jump the route. Um, yeah, we might have uh, a certain leverage. Yeah, you know, um, which is you know a way to gain an advantage. If we keep our advantage, sometimes we can make those plays. Nice. Gennaro Guilford's on the Wise Guys tonight, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. Put us in your helmet uh, from your playing days as a corner and what you teach. You're playing the corner spot. The ball is snapped. What are you looking for? Um, if we're in man, I'm, I'm looking at nothing but my man. Um, nothing but my man. I'm just trying to mirror him wherever wherever he goes. Um, and if he if he breaks down, I'm breaking down. If the ball's thrown, I'm definitely trying to make a play. I'm I'm trying to make a play on it. Um, absolutely. Um, if we're in any kind of zone coverages, I always tell my guys that's that's really our opportunity to make plays um to cause turnovers because now we can see the quarterback we can see routes we can see um the the route combinations that are um developing so now we can kind of guess a little bit um so i always tell my guys zones are definitely our time to make plays because now we really know um whether it's a single receiver two receivers three receivers whatever the case may be we can kind of cheat a little bit you can read some eyes absolutely you have to when 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 we hear the term we use it um, and you know, we, Brian Logan comes on with us, and mm-hmm. and in man, um, he'll go, oh, like he he had great leverage, and then he got dirty eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So we hear that frame that yeah. that frame of reference all the time. What does that mean? Yeah. So I always I always I always tell my guys, and they, and they'll, they'll tell you now if we're in if we're in uh, man coverage, they know my saying is if you see him throw it, you are gonna see him catch it. Oh, that's a great that's a you great know, term so, because yeah. because if you see him throw it your eyes were in the wrong spot because absolutely. they should have been on the receiver when the ball was coming out right absolutely when if you're playing man for all our young dbs out there when is it okay to look back for the ball what's the timing on that when can you look you know uh, on vertical routes it's it's, it's really um a feel it's, it's really a, a a feeling and we call it um in phase so if i'm if i'm if i'm running with you and um you you have a um, a clock in your head. Like, you know, if he's running, if it's past about that 12-yard mark, I'd rather my guys just look for the ball. Just I want my guys playing, playing the ball. Um, so we always defend the vertical, react on the comeback. But I want my guys to play the ball, make a play on it. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of hard because guys, some, some guys it's um, harder than, than others. 
Um, but it's definitely um, a feel. Let's talk about some of your guys. Uh, Eddie Heckard. Yep. Comes from the transfer portal, All-American up at Weber State. What do you like about him? Uh, again, a guy whose um, football IQ is very, very high, um, competitive, um, a guy a guy who um, he wants to win every single rep, you know, and he's um, very critical of himself. Like, he knows when he does something right, right or wrong. Um, you know, I've only, I've only had him for a few months now, maybe five months, but he's very, very coachable, um, allows me to coach him hard, um, wants to know what he does right and what he does wrong, so – is he um, is he best in man coverage or zone, or is he equal in both? A little bit of both, you know. Um, he he has a good feel as far as zones go. Has a good feel of reading um, route combinations, mm-hmm. um, reading the receivers' uh, release. Um, another another great thing about him is he's a, a, a physical kid as far as tackling. He wants to get he wants to get involved. Where is he compared to Michael Davis, who's making big bucks with the Chargers? Um, different, different, yeah, different, different player. Um, and I told Mike when I when I when I first got here, within the first week, I told him I was like, "You can be a good NFL player because you're a, you're you're tall, you're fast, um, and he can play man to man." Yeah, you know. Um, and I always told Mike where he where he struggled a lot was 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 playing zones, was having a feel for zone concepts. But as far as a man, just a true just man corner, um, Mike was Mike was good. When when, yeah. when Michael was here, I, I was at practice a, a couple of different times, and it's interesting that it was the Charger scout that was there, and we were watching one on ones, mm-hmm. and Michael was winning every one on one, which is kind of an offensive drill, right? Because yeah. there's no pass rush, there's nothing, right? Like right. like he made he had like five straight breakups yeah. and a pick in one on one, and the guy goes, "Man, if we get a chance, we're gonna sign that guy." Yeah, and at the time he wasn't even playing full rotations, and then the other guys were talking to him, and and he said, "Listen, uh, right now this is a zone based defense. We play a man based defense. This dude can just play man. Yeah. Like he goes, well, I, I'm telling you, we would take a shot at him. And then lo and behold, they did, they did. And so, so here's the interesting thing: you don't think it's hard or it's important to go and practice hard? Mm-hmm. I, I believe based on that conversation, he signs with the Chargers." Because of what they saw him doing one on ones on practice time after time every time they came. Absolutely, you got to practice hard. When you when you practice the right way, games games become easier. Now we hear uh, about Eddie that he's an NFL guy. He's come down here to play one more year to go to the NFL, uh, which puts pressure on you and Jay Hill to, to help get him ready. But that's no different from what uh, Aaron Roderick's doing with Keaton Slovis and and everybody else. Is is Hecker? Does he got a shot at the next level? Um, I mean, I think he has the ability, you know. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, he's going to have to come and, and, and he's going to have to show and improve um, what he is. Right. You know, um, we can coach him. I mean, we can tell him exactly what to do. But at the end of the day, you got to make the plays when the plays come to you. You, know, you, ha- you have another Weber State transfer. It's interesting, corners. And they had really, really good corners mm-hmm. this last year. We, um, uh, Camden Garrett was announced not that long ago that he also was going to join his, um, Eddie Heckert down here. Um, what about what about Garrett? What skills does he bring? Is he similar to Eddie Haggard, or is he different? Um, similar, a little. Um, he might be a little quicker than 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 Eddie. Um, maybe more of a, a cover guy. Um, but again, he's a, he's a guy who's very very competitive. You can watch him on film. You know, um, playing playing man to man and getting getting in the grills of the of the of the wide out running with him. 
making plays. Um, you know, he has a little swag to him, which which I like. Yeah. Um, so um, that'll be good to have those two here uh, together. If you have a question for Gennaro, uh, send it to us on our stream, and we'll we'll make sure we ask it. We watched Jacob Robinson get better and better, and now he's back for some more. What do you like in his development as we yeah. sit here in the end of May? Um, man, <laughs> with Jacob, it's, it's, it's been it's been everything. You know, watching him from from high school, um, it's been it's been a, a a long a long journey. You yeah. know. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't think he was as fast as, as what he was. Um, so coming out of high school, um, it was like, man, are you going to offer, are you going to offer me? I'm like, uh, I don't think you can run. He's like, well, what do you need to see? I'm like, I need to see you run, run. I'm like, do you run track? I'm like, no. So he, um, he, he ran a 40 and it was electronic. He went out and bought, bought the whole AccuTrack system and, oh, wow. and, and everything, like literally. Um, and just, and he ran, I want to say he ran like a four five Oh, so I'm like, Oh, he can run. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he sent it to me. And of course, and like 10 minutes later, I called and offered him. Um, <laughs> of course he went to, he went to Utah state first, you know, for reasons, but, um, at the end of the day, um, he's here now. And he got his first pick against Utah state. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's here now and he's, he's, um, right with those other guys as far as being so competitive um he's he's good at both man and zone he has the feel for for zones and he's not afraid to to tackle which is a good thing he has he has great ball skills which which really really helps him out yeah i would you know our our buddy uh, Bilo who joins us on on some of our other shows we do he watches jacob and and he says oh this kid he was like ball skills are really hard to teach you know, because you either you either can track the ball in the air and make a play on it, or yeah. you can't, and you can teach them little things. He goes, but this dude just has them. And he goes, and I like his quick feet, and he's light on his feet, and he's got good hips. He goes, if this kid will work, he can really play. Is that is that a good evaluation it of is, Jacob? It is. It is, man. You know, he, he's been one of the better guys in my room, honestly, for the last two years. You know, um, we've had a, a, some some pretty good – um, units mm-hmm. uh, in the last two years, but he's he's definitely been there. Um, so we had to find ways to to get him on the field, playing whether it's playing free safety, strong safety, nickel. Um, but he found his way on the field. So um, we were there last year on the practice field when Maury Bamba showed up for right. the first time, and Caleb and some of the guys took him after practice, and they're out there doing drills. And that's kind of where we we watched this uh, tall, slender guy who's got a lot of speed. Uh, and now he's back. He's not a new kid in town anymore. What about Maury? Yeah, yeah. Um, another guy who's who's tall, long, long and fast. Um, for him, it's all about the mentality. Um, if he gets his, if he gets his, uh, the mental aspect of the game uh, down and, and become more confident and 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 just know that he's that he's a dude, he can be great. Really. You know? um, but again, that's that's. Um, How hard is it to know you are a dude? You know what it's. It uh, it comes from repetition, yeah. you know. Like like you said, you go against the guys all the time, every single time, and you start winning a lot. And then you start playing against other guys and guys who are supposed to be like dudes, like, man, this guy's supposed to be really fast, but you start running next to him and he can't run past you. You're like, okay, hold on. Yeah. And our bigger guys are supposed to jump over you and they can't ever jump over you. Or, or small guys who are quick and they're supposed to get off the line of scrimmage, but you're holding them up. So then – it just starts to add up, and eventually you're like, 
You think you know what? I am a dude. I'm a dude. You start calling yourself prime That's time. Right. Yeah. Uh, no mean, one's going to run past you. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Jacob Bourne. Like he's an interesting mm-hmm. story because he it's like at first when he was here, he's like, man, this is like a really quick guy mm-hmm. like with great feet. Like, where's he going to play? Is he going to play in a slot? Do we play him at safety? Can he play nickel? Yeah. Does he? But it's like he's just got such quickness and determination. How are we going to get him on the field? Um, he's, in terms of just pure quickness, he seems like he's one of the quickest guys on, on the field, right? Absolutely. Um, so how does how does he fit in? Does he play corner? Does he play nickel? Does he? Where, where are you guys going to use him this year? So everybody in my room um, knows both corner and and nickel. Um, so, but as far as Jacob goes, he'll be primarily nickel. Primary nickel, nickel this yeah. year, um, which, which is a big responsibility, especially in some of the man concepts when you're playing with, with against these spread teams, right? Yeah. So so assess him then because he plays a corner-like role when he's got to get out there and cover slot receivers, right? Yeah, absolutely. But again, an- another guy who can who can run with run with anybody, you know. Um, now now JB, well that's what we call him, JB. JB so, Jacob yeah. Bourne, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's a guy who's extremely confident. Like I love it. Like, yeah. Like he's extremely confident. Um, physical guy. Um, again, loves to loves loves to mix it up. Um, a guy who has a uh, a short term memory, but he has the confidence. Like he's going to make every play. Um, so I can't wait to get him on the field. I'm. I'm, I'm I was I was kind of upset that he missed spring ball because I wanted I wanted everybody to kind of see him mm-hmm. um, go through spring, go through the new system. Um, to see how he picks it up, um, to see how he covers and just um, adapts to everything. Yeah, he's a smart player, right? Like, uh, very smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Caleb Christensen. Um, he's been dealing with some health things. Uh, those behind him. And he's a lot like J- Jacob where it's like, where, where, where are we going to play him? Yeah. Like, what, what's the best place to play him, right? Yeah. Very, 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 very similar. Um, in the, actually, in, the, in, all, in all aspects of it. You know, yeah. um, both are smart guys. Both are, are very, very quick. Um, both are very, very strong, probably um, pound for pound, some of the strongest guys on the field as far as, as, far as uh, JB and, and, and Caleb go. Um, so they'll, they'll both be battling as far as the nickel goes, but at the same time they, they both play corner, corner as well. So they'll get, they'll get reps as far as the outside goes, but, um, but primarily it, it'll, be, it'll be nickel. It's interesting because, I, I mean, I see Jacob run, I see Caleb run, I see Jacob Robinson run. Um, like last year you had uh, Caleb Hayes who can run with anyone, <laughs> right? Anyone. Yeah, yeah. And yet, yet I hear people say, "Well, you know, BYU has to do this and this because they just don't have the kind of speed that other teams." And I'm like, "You talk about BYU ten years ago. BYU yeah. has speed, right? We, <laughs> am I missing it, or, or you have the speed in the back end to be able to play, right? Yeah. Um, and and the fastest guy we probably didn't even talk about yet is, is Evan. Evan right. Johnson, you know. Right. Who, who came in third last year in the California hundred meter running ten forty one? And he's a he's an absolute four three guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Easy. He, he'll he'll be able to. He can he can run run. Him and him and Maury can both like really really run. And then you know Marcus McKenzie who won the the Utah State meet um, on a on a strained hamstring ran like a. 1055 or something right like which that. which Pulled also up. will translate to a 43 or better yes, right yes and and so when people say there's like that's a bunch of fast guys oh, as sure. fast as anybody has so yeah. speed is not an issue for BYU yeah. in the secondary right no yeah we just have to uh to do a good job developing those guys into becoming um becoming better 
better corners, um, being able to play man, being being able to play zone, um, tackling, and you know putting it all putting it all together. But um, we've had success as far as taking guys who who have been fast and um, putting them in the right the right place. And yeah. um, guys have been pretty uh, successful as far as after after uh, BYU goes. Uh, like you mentioned before, you know the the Michael Davises the um, the, the 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 Chris Wilcox, right? You know um, the Caleb Hayes, who's with Jacksonville now. Um, De- D'Angelo, who's with Dallas. Yeah, yeah. You and know. D'Angelo has a chance, right? Because he's got he's got he's got a big body. Yeah. So he's a big body guy. He's competitive. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, and, if, and, if he's in the right place, he's got a chance, right? And again, um, D'Angelo is similar to um, Mike as far as being the tall guy who thrives in playing man. Right, you know, um, struggled in, struggled in zones more than more than man. Um, as far as man goes, he he was actually very very uh, successful. Yeah, um, zones is where is where he kind of struggled a little bit. Um, and so I can't I can't remember what the Cowboys run, but if it's a man based system, he may have find yeah. himself a home, right? And it is man. They okay. they play a lot of man, so I mean he's in a good a good uh, situation to where he can go in um, again. He has to go and compete and right. um, just kind of go from there. Gennaro Guilford earned his sociology degree at BYU, his master's in education at Whittier, been the cornerback's coach at the Cougars since 2016. He's on the Wise Guys tonight, and we are thrilled to have him here. How do you feel about this group as a whole when you consider size and depth and the league you're going into? So it's the corners. We get asked all the time, yep. how are the corners? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I think we have a um, – a good group, a good a good mix of guys um, from from um, height. You know, we have some length, we have some short guys, we have quick guys, we have fast guys, physical guys, guys who are not very physical. So we got we have the whole package. Um, now it'll just come down to um, who's gonna who's gonna compete as far as fall camp goes, and uh, who's gonna be on the field. You know, um, at the end of the day, we're going to a, a big time conference with. Big time wideouts. That's what they're known for. You know, known for putting up points. <laughs> I mean, it is yeah. what it is. That's um, that's the Big Twelve. So um, we'll we'll have our hands full. Um, but at the end of the day, guys guys are, um, are very hungry, um, um, and this is and this is what they wanted. You know, they didn't they didn't shy away from it when they when they found out um, where we're going and who we're gonna play against, and they were they were excited. So um, I just told the guys to make sure that they take all that excitement, um, you know, into this into this summer and, and work hard, because um, as soon as we get back as far as fall camp, it's, it's going it's it's going to get rolling, and we'll be a, a few weeks away from game time. Where, where where will be the biggest challenge? Do you think in in this league? I mean, not necessarily which team, but mm-hmm. week after week, where's the mindset going to have to be for this group to be successful in this league? Yeah. Um, you, they're going to have to want it every. Every single week, every single week, there's there's really no breaks, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think uh, Tom and Kalani did a good job over the last few years as far as scheduling goes. You know, um, it's not like we 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 haven't played any P fives. Like know? the year you won the Pac twelve championship, we talk about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Six and one or whatever it was. <laughs> you guys won the the championship. We should put a banner in the stadium I for mean, that year. I mean, you know, I mean, so we've. Um, We've had opportunities to play, you know, SEC schools, the Pac-12 schools. Um, I mean, the Big 12, Big 10. I mean, so we've we've played those guys, you know. So um, we just have to 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 get our guys um, knowing that it's going to be that every single week now. You know? And that if you give up 35 points, you're not out of the game. 
<laughs> in this league, be. right? You shouldn't be in this, in this league. league. Yeah. There were, how many 45 to 37s did we yeah. see last year? There was, and, and, and some worse than that. Yeah, no, the, and that's the um, – and not even just just last year. That's just the history of, of the yeah. Big Twelve. They've they've been doing that for, for right decades. I Oklahoma mean. wins games where they give up fifty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and which, they celebrate the, and they celebrate the win. They don't go. I can't believe we gave up forty nine. They go, guys, we got yeah, fifty five today. Yeah. BYU's fans have to have a new mindset. It's just going to be like there's going to be some games that are defensive struggle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you guys and you guys win it on your side. There's going to be some games where it just gets crazy and you get a hot quarterback and a couple hot receivers on both sides and it's a so track and, me. And, and fans are going to have to go, hey, a win oh, is all we care about, right? Absolutely. Hey, look, look, a, a win is a win. Of course, after the game, as far as the defensive staff, we're going to be in there like, okay, hold on. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, we know we know what we're getting into as far as uh, the Big 12 goes. So um, it's going to be it's going to be um, a battle, um, you know, but I think I think guys, guys will be ready for it. Well, we, we've we've had on the show. We've had Jay Hill. Um, we had Justin Enna come in, mm-hmm. in with us. We had Sione in here in, in this seat. They all promised us a pass rush. Did they promise you that too in the back end? Like, a, And how important, <laughs> again, in a league like this where they spread it out and throw the ball, will pressure be to the success of this defense overall? Um, you know, they didn't promise me anything. They don't, they don't have to promise me anything. You know? <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, sac- I'm very, very happy. And then I, I, if we win... I'm good. I'm I'm good. Um, but of course, you know, um, it's always good to have a, a good a good pass rush. You know, um, you know the rushing coverage. We we work together. So I mean, if you have a good a pass rush and and we're blowing blowing coverages, it really doesn't matter. You know, yeah. and vice and vice versa. If we're covering covering our butts off, but we don't have a pass rush, it doesn't matter. So um, they definitely have to have to work together, and that's um, one thing that uh, Jay does very very well. I mean, he has a, a history of doing it especially over the last 10 years you know as far as being being the head guy at, at a at a weber um playing against all different kind of offenses and um different different schools he, he's always had um, a plan that's uh successful it's it's i remember talking to rocky long way back when and we would say to him how do you find the corners that can hold up because they were just playing 95 yeah. percent man right just yeah. press man all over the field and and he would go, oh no, we have really average corners. Like if that quarterback still has the ball two seconds from now, then that's my fault because we didn't design the blitz strategy well. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, no, we you don't have to be great at corner if you can get in the get in the offense's face yeah. and get home every time. And so it's a little different different philosophy. But sounds like Jay brings a blend of sometimes you bring it and sometimes you play coverage, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean he 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 does. Um, he has a. A plethora of things, you know. It might be three down, four down, bringing pressure, um, bluffing, um, whatever the case may be. But he does um, a lot of a lot of things to uh, to help everybody as far as the defense goes, the, the D line backers and the and the the DBs. So, so before we ask you a couple of, we go back in time with you to yeah. the days you were on the field. Um, when when you look at Texas mm-hmm. um, or Oklahoma, and let's just pick those two because they're the the creme de la creme of this league for so yep. long. And you see the tools they have, and, and BYU's been successful against Texas, uh, and they've never had a bad recruiting class, like ever, so it, that doesn't matter. Yeah. But when you when you think, right, we're going to go to Austin, we're going to play Texas, it's going to be on national TV, and my guys have an opportunity to shock the world again uh, or get run over. Uh, 
what what uh, what causes the most anxiety? Um, uh, for me, for me, um, as a player, it was probably just like the big the big stadium and knowing and knowing that you were playing a big time school. It was never it was never like I'm playing against. Mike Williams, or yeah. you know, a which you Cole did, or, right? You yeah. played against Mike Williams, right? Yeah, and you just shut him down. I mean, I did all right. Did yes, he did. Blocked he did all right against Mike down. Williams. That's I, I right. Did, I did all right. So it's Bevo, it's the hundred thousand in Austin. Yeah, and it's, I mean, uh, you know, just the the different kind of, um, just the different, the different sceneries. You know, yeah. um, the way people tailgate, how how loud people are. You know, the way they talk to you is just it's just a little a little different, um, but. Um, it was exciting, yeah. you know, just to I mean, know. You don't want to be on an, a smaller stage, right? No, I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. that's where I mean, you want to be. Um, I mean, that that's what you dream of as yeah. far as like growing up, as far as a kid, like, you know, um, so for me, it was like, oh, we're going to play, we're going to play SC at SC. Like, yes. Like it, that, that was like a dream. Like, oh, right. for, like for sure. Like, like, let's go. Like we're playing Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Like, oh, Yes, like fantastic. Grew up playing with those, with playing at those stadiums as far as um, video games and like college sure. college football video games. Like, okay, you're you're playing at Notre Dame or at, at Michigan, right? Or at Tennessee. Nebraska. And you've done Nebraska. and you've done all of that in these yeah, last. You talk yeah. about that scheduling with Tom and Clowney, those yeah. guys. You've done all yes. of that in, in the last yes. ten years. So they've and that's what I was saying. They've they've done um, a, a great job of, of getting us prepared. You know, um, again, at, at at the Tennessees, at the Mississippi States, at the Michigan States, um, Redskins stadiums against yeah. uh, West, West Virginia, Virginia right? you know, Cardinal Stadium, Raiders Stadium. I mean, so it's it's it's, it's nothing. It's nothing new. Um, it'll just be fun to to play those guys week after week. Yeah. All right. During that twelve and two season in two thousand, twelve and zero start. Yeah. We always think about the offense with Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, Reno Mahe. But you had an incredible season that year on the defensive side. A little bit. Yeah. What was it like starting 12-0? No. Um, you know what? I tell my guys now, for for us, um, winning was, like, expected. Like, we like we knew that we were going to win games. Like, it, 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 was, it was nothing. No matter who we played, we – we felt like like we worked we we felt like we had all all the tools um and again um defensively being led by uh Justin Inna with him uh controlling the huddle you had no choice but to play hard yeah <laughs> does he seem cuz i remember when he was playing he was like in charge out there as a coach is in does charge. he hold does he in charge? Yeah, exactly. In charge. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he's the same right now. Yes. He's the same. I love that yes. though, right? That's I what tell him, I tell him. I tell him every day. I'm like, hey, I love you, dude. You you're the exact same, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. That's great. Hey, in 2001, you started all 14 games, mm-hmm. which it's to stay healthy in a college football season for 14 games. Start every game. And and staying healthy as a team is is something that's the difference between a great season and an average one. But you you finished number six in the country with six interceptions, none bigger than the in our opinion than the game clincher against Utah. Take us through that play uh, that sealed BYU's come from behind twenty four twenty one victory. Yeah, um, were you playing zone or man? Yeah, man. Tell, tell, tell us man. about that play. Man, yeah, yeah. we're playing man. Um, 
I knew they were they were trying to get in field goal range. So in my head, I knew, I knew he was going to run either a curl or a comeback or out something to something to stop the clock. Um, and in my head, I'm like, <laughs> I was watching his hips, and I mentally, I was like, if he does anything, if his hips sink in any kind of way, I'm I'm breaking on it. If he runs a double move, he's going to score. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going on the first one. Or, or, or you'll collision going. him. Or you'll collision yes. him, right? But I was going for the pick. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. <laughs> I was like, no. So, um, again, um, but those are things that um, Coach Mitchell went over with his, you know, time after time, situational football, you know, as far as um, guys, teams driving the ball, you know, they'll they'll go for, you know, on curls, comebacks, outs, stuff to get a first down, stop the clock, whatever the yeah. case may be. Um, he always told me, I mean, trust it. Trust your eyes. So I'm trusting my eyes. And So know, I got, I got two questions system. about that. Um, yes. As soon as you picked it off, did you think you were going to the house? Um, no, I probably should have took a knee because the game was over. Um I, honestly, I don't know. I was just running. I was just excited. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. So what? What uh, now? Just before that, Luke Staley took mm-hmm. a touchdown in place yep. went bananas. Mm-hmm. What was louder, the crowd for Staley, or the or did you notice the crowd for you, which sealed the game? Because the crowd's already um, jacked up. Now the Cougars are ahead, and then you come up with a pick to end it. Um, to me, it was Staley because when I'm playing, I can't really hear the crowd during the play. So for me, it was like. Oh, so Luke's was like crazy, electrifying, right? Yeah, and I was and I was helping the crowd yelling too. So, <laughs> yeah. so you picked yours up and you're running, just quiet. Yeah. You're not hearing like, anything. Like, it's like I'm in the tunnel, like I don't, I can't hear anything. Like, well, let me tell you, down. they were going bananas. Yeah, they were going too. nuts. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you because you mentioned like you mentioned a term. You said like situational situational awareness, yeah, like yeah. the term mm-hmm. we use. And how, how much time do you spend with the guys on that? And and uh, and how important is I like on the offensive side of the ball? Like I'll be watching a game, and since I played quarterback here, um, it'll be the two minute offense, and and I'll I won't say it on the air, but I'll go when you come out of the huddle, you say to yourself, um, two minute offense, we don't have any timeouts. I cannot take a sack. Mm-hmm. So you like give yourself little checks. Yeah. Like as you're coming out of the huddle, so when a quarterback takes a sack in the two minute offense and there's no timeouts, I'm like, what? What is he? Yeah, yeah. Like, how can you not know that? Yeah. You say that to yourself coming out of the huddle. How much of that happens on defense, and how important yeah. is that? Um, it, it's very important, um, but the same thing. A two minute offense with with no timeouts. Okay, sacks and keeping everybody in bounds. So, right. I mean, the same thing. Or if it's if it's third and third and long. Um, if we're in zone and the corner bites on a, a shallow cross and gives up a smash concept behind him, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, do you do, let, let him yeah, have that yeah, rally like, to the ball, right? Who cares? Like, right. Yeah. So I mean, um, but we go, we're we're all over that as far as the two minute, third and longs, third and short, second and shorts. As far as um, shot downs, if it's second and one, be, um, for us, we always just call it shot downs because it's second and short, and they got third and fourth down to to get a yard. So. Just be cautious of, of them taking a shot on, on, on second one or second short, whatever the case may be. Um, and then um, we'll break down teams as far as first downs and stuff like that just to kind of um, see what teams like to do as far as tendencies. Um, if, if we can get a beat on certain tendencies, then um, we can uh, put our guys in the, in, the, in the right situation at least um, majority of the time. And, and when, you, when you say, hey, it's, uh, you know, I – 
make a guess that we're going to, the guess is a really educated guess. Oh, for, for you you sure. were saying against the Utah, it's like, wait a minute. It's the end of the game. They're trying to get in. They're trying to get into field goal range. So he's probably not running a double move because they yeah. can't afford to take a sack. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to take a really good, educated guess that his first move is the move, and it's either going to be a comeback or it's going to be a dig or a curl. Yeah. And as soon as he makes that move, I'm, out. I'm breaking. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. But that's complete situational awareness, yeah. and you have the confidence to do that. And then what happens is you get a pick. Yeah. That's that's everybody's <laughs> got to play like he played. Speaking of picks, uh, there's a stretch in that season. You get interceptions in three consecutive games. UNLV, Utah State, and New Mexico. Uh, Yeah. What did you do on the field that you're trying to teach your guys to do on the field right now? Um, Trust your instincts. You know. um, You got to have them, right, first, and then trust them? For sure, and and just trust them. Um, If you you do your homework, um, when the test comes – You'll pass, right? You know, if you if you study for your tests, if you if you study for it the, the the right way, um, you'll be you'll be confident as far as taking the test. It's the same thing as far as uh, football goes. If you if you if you if you study the, the right way, um, when everything comes as far as on the field, it starts to it starts to come back to you. Like okay, certain formations, yeah. certain certain splits, um, just certain situations. You kind of know what's coming, um, and you kind of have to validate it. Sometimes you might see it once. You're like, I'm not 100 percent sure. Then they do it. You're like, Okay, I got you now. Yeah. Right. You know. And, and situational awareness on on like you're like, Okay, wait a minute. I'm into the boundary, and there's three rece- like you 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 go. This is what they're gonna do here, and mm-hmm. I have a 98 percent sure they're gonna do it. So if they do this, I'm jumping it. Go right. Yeah. I, and, and that's I what you teach guys, these kids. Yeah. I tell my guys, I'm like, Look, man. If it's some if it's something that we went over. Um, and you see it, and, and you and you believe it, and you trust it. I'm like, go. And if it's wrong, just blame it on me. Like, hey, man, Coach G told me. I'm like, I got you. I got <laughs> you. I got, I got, your, I I've got your I back did. on this. If one. something I didn't say, I'm like, no, hold on. Hey, wait. Uh, <laughs> Coach G, Gennaro Guilford, with us on the Wise Guys. We've got just a few more questions, and we sure appreciate having you here tonight. Uh, no pick sixes in your 37 games at BYU, so we had oh. to we had to open Lots up of picks. We had to open up the history book and go to your first varsity game at Westchester High School yeah. in LA. You return a kick, 101 yards for a touchdown. What happened? Yeah, we they were driving, they were driving towards the end of the game. We were playing Santa Monica at Santa Monica College, um, and they tried to throw a fade. First varsity game, picked it and. Again, I probably should have went down again because <laughs> <laughs> the game was over. <laughs> because the game was over, um, and then somebody—I just remember breaking the tackle, and I was like, "Oh!" And I was kind of like striding a little bit, and I'm like, "Oh wait, nobody's around." Well, let's go. I might as well just keep running. So <laughs> I said, "I set that up as a kick. It was a pick. Oh, it yeah, was yeah, a pick. Yeah, hundred one yeah. yards. Yeah. So after fifty yards." <laughs> you still have another 51 yards to go. I was and out, you yeah. see the end zone. What's that feeling like? Oh yeah, no. I was I was definitely scoring then. It it was it was too late. It was it, I I've already ran like 50. I was like, okay, well. Did you spike the ball in the end zone and or kick um, it up into the crowd or Honestly, um <laughs> I think I I think I did like a little dance or something. I did. I was Did you get a penalty? Um I don't think so, <laughs> but like the team like rushed me and like you know did the whole dog pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. 101 yards. Yeah, so um, that's great. Well, when when 
Kalani, you were among Kalani's first hires, 2016. Uh-huh. You came, right? And uh, when he got this job, you're, you're the only defensive guy retained other than analysts and GAs, of course. Coach Fowler got kept with you. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, by the way, Coach Fowler comes home. There's multiple times he comes back and he's like, Coach G is so money. He's the most underrated coach on this <laughs> staff. Like, he just knows his stuff. So he's... He feels like he's learned a ton of stuff from you. I appreciate you doing that with with my guy, well, but you. but um, during that off season staff change, you're, you're the only one that Kalani keeps. What 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 is it that Kalani saw in you? That he's like, I have to have this guy because I know that Kalani said I have to have this guy. He yeah. did say that. Um, you know what? I, I think um, my relationship with the guys, honestly. Um, I mean, I I feel I feel like um, I feel like I'm one of the better. Um, Cornerback coaches in the country. You that's have just, to. That's yeah. just me. If you're going to play corner, you have to feel like one yeah. of the best corners, right? I mean, that's just me. Um, and then BYU is home. You know, um, I I know I know what's going on. I know I know how to relate to certain guys because I've been down this path. You know, um, so just from from that aspect of it, just the, the being being so personable, um, and then um, just ball, just talking. T- just talking ball with, with Kalani, you know, um, we're on the same page a lot. Yeah, what 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 is it you like? Kalani seems like he's a great guy to work with. What uh, what, what do you love? Best. What do you like the most about working with Kalani? Um, you know what? Um, he doesn't have an ego. Um, he wants to hear from everybody. You know, as far as coaches, analysts, GAs, um, regardless of the fact if it's if it's something that's going to make the team better. Um, that's what he wants to do. It's not like okay, I'm the I'm the head coach. This is what we're doing. Everybody else be quiet. You know. Um, now, of course, there there are times where this is what I want. This is what we're gonna do. Okay, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but as far as game plan and stuff like that, um, he's de- he's always open to listening to everybody. You know. Um, what do you think? What do you think as far as the analysts, the GAs? What did you see while you're breaking down film? Um, because that's when I watch the most film. Um, when I when I actually break it down games mm-hmm. you find tendencies more than you do as far as just a coach just watching a normal game but when you when you literally break it down that's when you find like true true tendencies as far as a receiver splits um does he mess with his gloves when he's when he's getting ready to catch a ball you know does he is he is his hands moving just just certain things like that his splits and, and everything like that so you kind of get a feel for things like that um, when you study all of that going into a league you've never been in before that's highly competitive um, it seems like the the job of the the defensive analysis, the the analysts, uh, and and you guys have it's a whole new world of of uh, of your job. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the teams we played before, like in independent schedules, yep. like where they are this year, like Arkansas. Last um, year was Arkansas. This year's Arkansas. New but some staff, of these teams though. all brand new. That's right, new staff. That's true, new staff. So is it just a mountain of information every week? Um, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, but um, it's gonna work both both ways. Um, they haven't played us either, so I yeah. mean, you know, from their normal um, conference, their little folder that they'll have that we that you played against a head coach, you know, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be something new, something new for them, you know. Um, it's like the president with the nuclear codes, you know, hand the football over to yeah. the new opponent. Because I'm 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 not sure if any of the coaches have played against Jay. I'm not. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, so you, BYU's advantage—they haven't been in that league and 
you know. they got a whole new system yeah. defensively. And, and, an, and a new quarterback who's got – there's plenty of footage of Caden Slovis, but no – Not slow, playing in this here. offense. Yeah, so you know? that's going to be – And some, some new receivers yeah. and some new – yeah. Well, speaking of Jay, so a new system defensively. You had a chance – you know, he's been here since the beginning of the year now, and you've been through spring ball – um, what impact do you think Jay and this style of defense will have as you guys go into the Big Twelve? The mentality, man. He he he's brought um, a, a a different mentality. You know, um, he wants guys to be violent. He wants guys to get to the ball. He wants he wants guys to make plays and um, and being being a smart a smart football player. Um, you know, he's um, definitely a guy who um, who genuinely loves to play good defense. Um, in which, of, of course, every every um, defensive coordinator does, um, mm-hmm. but um, that's just that's just what he does. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna throw some things at you that you that you've never seen, things that you're gonna struggle against. Um, and he's gonna he's gonna take some chances. You know, I've been staring at that shirt you're wearing for the last hour. There's the Nike logo, the old school BYU oh. logo, and the Big Twelve yes. logo. This says everything to a BYU fan. You've got. You got history, you got the future, and you got financial support. Um, that's like the trifecta of logos, right yeah, there. Yeah, this is um, this is my uh, favorite recruiting shirt. <laughs> that's yeah. right. When it's, when it's time to emphasize Big Twelve, you just lean to your right. Yeah. And it's, I want to know if Coach G if he did what. Ga- so Gavin comes home and he calls the brother, his brothers. Uh-huh. He says. Guys, all of our new stuff has Big 12 stuff on it, so I'm going to have a uh, hand-me-up sale because they're bro- older brothers. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do hand-me-ups. I'm going to lay it all out in sizes on the floor, and you guys come over and take the stuff that you want because all of my gear needs to have Big 12 on it now. So the brothers all came over, yeah, and they got to pick and try on all the stuff. And The brothers all played at BYU, yeah. but they don't get the gear like you guys do. So all the non-Big 12 stuff is all out to the family now. Yeah. Did, you, did you have a hand-me-up, say, uh, hand-me-up uh, day? I don't have to because all of my friends who come out to see me or anytime I go back to LA, I can't go back empty handed. You got to take the stuff. stuff. I've I've probably sent, I'm not even exaggerating. I've probably sent 50 boxes since I've been here. Like, home like everyone they, in but LA that's great though, right? Isn't that awesome? sure. oh, you love sure. to be able to for do sure. it right it's oh, so cool sure. like when we played sc lash two years ago right yeah, yeah. 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 two years ago um i think i had to get like 75 tickets <laughs> and like literally everybody had everybody had BYU stuff nice i'm like hey y'all cost me a lot of money to do all this now <laughs> but i appreciate better the wear your shirts <laughs> I, I love the support uh uh keanu hill's dad uh lloyd mm-hmm. and um and his uncle, um, Williams, Roy Williams, uh, they both told me they wear their BYU shirts all over all Texas. All over the place yeah. in Texas, yeah. which yeah. I love. They, they got blood in the game. Yeah. And uh, and this year, Lloyd's going to be on our pregame show okay. when we host Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah. Because he played there, right? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. He's in the Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's and big then, time. And yeah. then when we go to Texas, that Roy's in the circle of yeah. honor up there. We'll see. We'll see if he puts a BYU shirt on. In a home game at Texas, that that's going to test some yeah. family loyalty. Oh, yeah. but, but hey, I bet he does. Blood. He's got to wear I BYU. He yeah. yeah, he's got to wear BYU. Yeah. Right, let's do five questions and get you out of here. You right. Good, yeah. ready to go? Yeah, yeah these I ones we know. just everybody. Okay. So, so you just top of your head stuff, and this, you know, we get to know you a little bit. And so everybody on your defensive staff's been grilled like oh, yeah. this. Yeah, okay. and, and and we won't make fun of any of them except for one. For the most part, for, except for one. <laughs> so, your favorite sports movie? Oh, um, the program. 
The program. The program. No, that's a good one. I had nobody's had that one. No. Remember the Titans is a very yeah. common one. Of course, we bring Danny Ainge and those guys in, and they they're like Hoosiers and some of these some of the Marie basketball. Osmond was Hoosiers. Yeah, I Marie think. was Hoosiers. What? What? Uh, who was the star of the program? Um, Omar Epps was in it, and it was a few other guys, but it was it was a football movie. Yeah. Football movie. The yeah. Program. Okay. Um, your favorite singer or or band. Ooh, favorite singer or band. Um, let's go. I introduced everybody on the show to Jelly Roll, but they, you know they didn't know who he was. But um, hey, this is only a two-hour program. I was, okay, <laughs> I have to. I have to go. I have to say Tupac just because that's what I listen to a lot. And you're from right California, on. Tupac. Yeah. You can't be going with Biggie. You're right. Because I'm from New York, and I'm supposed to, but I like Tupac better, but don't tell my friends. I have to, I have to go with Tupac. That's okay, Tupac's to. a good one. Amber Whiting went with a Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, she did. Amber, our okay. women's basketball yeah. coach, like, she's like, she wants Notorious oh. B.I.G. We're like, okay, Amber. All right, we'll write it down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, your favorite breakfast cereal? O's. O's? O's, just O-H. Yeah. O's, okay. But now, our O's, do they, they have sugar on them, right? Yeah, it's like um, it's like a sugar honey thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a honey honey oat. It's like yeah. so it's like a, a like cheer, it's like a Cheerio with honey with on it. Honey yeah, some others have said okay. that one, and right. we, we won't make fun of that one. But like Kyle Van Noy and and Vanessa, his wife, or Marissa, like, yeah, yeah, or Marissa, um, it was like they don't feed their children cereal; they make them drink protein smoothies for breakfast. We're like, what are you doing? Girl. Growing up, it was always like Crunch Berries. Oh, Captain yeah. Crunch with yeah. Crunch Berries. Yeah. I just Girl, fed that to my grandkids this weekend yeah. down in St. George. <laughs> Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, which I have got to agree with. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we got O's. Yep. Your favorite BYU moment. It could be coaching. It could be playing. It could be something that happened that didn't even have anything to do with football. Just a BYU moment that's your favorite. Um, probably... Brian Mitchell getting an interception and running it back like I want to say it was like 99 yards or something because I was always trying to get the record see if I can do that but I couldn't so I have to I have to give him a shout out and give Brian him Mitchell yeah. yeah and be and and Brian was a who do you really, do that against remember I, I want to say it was New Mexico if I'm not mistaken you know what all our big receptions like Dewey Gray's <laughs> three picks or whatever all against New Mexico yeah New Mexico just like you had a pick against New Mexico New Mexico was two. good defensively because they were crazy but but on two offense of but on <laughs> of course offense, they did. of course you <laughs> did. They, they did struggle on offense <laughs> except for when Brian Erlacher was playing every position Those on poor the field yeah, right, right. yeah so he was he was a stud yeah <laughs> okay and and then last but but most important the favorite piece of advice that your wife Brittany's ever given you. Ooh. Um, and she probably listening so or no, will. No, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, or she, or she know, will send you the podcast. We'll send so to the podcast. Can. So, so you are on the record. No, um, honesty, honesty. Yeah, that's 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 the best um, advice that she's that she's given me. Just just, just always being honest, regardless of what's going on. Just just be honest, regardless if it's with her, if it's with my players, um, because that's something you can you can never take back. I like those, that. Those are words to live by. Yeah, absolutely. A word to live by for sure. Yep. Gennaro Guilford, uh, outstanding cornerback in his day at BYU, a better cornerback coach, <laughs> now getting ready to take on the quarterbacks of the Big 12. This, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, does it? These guys got it. I'm not worried about them. Thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. It's great. To, so. It's great to. It's great to have you here. We appreciate how you, you represent. And um, 
And are you still going to ride your? Are you coach. still going to ride your bike to practice? Man, in the fall? you know what? I am. Um, that's a, a fall camp thing. It's just now I have to. I'm gonna have to have uh, Gavin meet me halfway. Or so you're yeah. riding from North Vineyard. from Vineyard North. Yeah, Orleans. see, see yeah. him, Preston would ride, and they would post while they were riding. Yeah. And Gavin would sometimes go out and ride yeah. with them. And you know, Preston's at Northern Colorado. They're doing great things yeah. there, and, and and we wish them the very yeah. best. Yeah. We're going out to lunch tomorrow, actually. Oh, okay. that's awesome! Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's always he's always part of the family, right? Gotcha. Always, yeah. and and uh, so yeah, Gavin might have to meet me because Gavin would like to ride with these guys too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a that's a, I'll a, it's a nice tradition. Figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yep. Awesome. All right. If we don't see you sooner, we'll see you at practice, yep. which is well, yes, just sir. around the corner. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. So, so look, thanks the, so much, G. The three games, the time starts are announced tomorrow morning for the first three games. ESPN's going to announce them. You want them late games? You want them day games? Honestly, whatever the players prefer, it doesn't matter. I, we, we, yeah. There's a crazy record. But the last five night, years with how BYU plays at night versus day, they're way better at I, night. I was gonna say I will say this. I don't. I didn't know that, but for some reason, <laughs> our night games are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. the great. stadium's lit, and yeah. it's just like I'm like I want them at night anyhow because early September it's 95 degrees. Oh, it's hot. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first few games can be early. So it can be hot. So the other team can be yeah, hot. Yeah, other team can be hot and elevation. Yeah, yeah that's true. And then, right. when, and then when conference comes, we can throw in a few late ones. There you so go. Some snow there games. Go. We'll find <laughs> out we tomorrow. Go. Gennaro, thank you. Thanks so right. much. Yeah, appreciate Great it. Great to see you. The great Gennaro Guilford, cornerbacks coach at BYU. Coming up in the next few weeks, over the last next month and a half or so, uh, Fessy Sataki, Jamal Willis, Harvey Unga, Sherry Dew. We're working to get Tom Homo with us on that night. Lee Kamard working on that. Mitch Matthews going to join us in July. Talk about that catch against Nebraska and much, much more as we heat up. The temperature's starting to warm up and the show's just getting uh, just getting cooking. So that's, Absolutely. that's what's coming up in the weeks ahead. Before we get to some campus headlines, um, and some of our streamers are, are, are joining us uh, uh, and, and complimenting Gennaro on being an outstanding guest. That's great. Uh, mascots. Cosmo is the best in the business. Oh, I don't there, know is if there there's any a, question. There's no better dancing there, mascot Is there a better in combination of like gymnastics, dance, just craziness than Cosmo? And, and he takes on life-threatening uh, skits or skits or... Or uh, feats, we'll call them, and uh, survives them all. Buzz, a fan buzz, came out with uh, uh, the top five live mascots in college football. And that caught our attention. Cosmo is not a live mascot, although he's right. sometimes we wonder if he's going to be alive after yeah, his after th- He is a live person inside of a costume, <laughs> but these are live mascots. So here are the top five mascots according to a fan buzz. Right. And number one... Uh, we might see uh, running into the Big Twelve, Ralphie the Buffalo right, for Colorado. Buffalo. Yep. And now I think that's kind of cool when the Buffalo runs out, or the Bison, however you want to call it. Yeah. But Ralphie's been around. Is for there? A while. A, can you call it a Buffalo or is it a Bison? I, don't I think know. it's a Bison, but they call him Ralphie the Buffalo. Do we call it the Tonka? The what? The Tonka. Don't you remember Dances with Wolves when they were trying to? Like, I don't remember to Dances t- with Wolves. Tatanka to, to Owashi. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> DJ, am I saying it right? Is it Tatanka Owashi? Uh, we don't know. But it's let's Kevin say Costner yes, called it, and that meant Buffalo in the Native American language at the time. Um, um, so, yeah, Ralphie. So we the got Buffalo. Ralphie. He, he's either a bison, a buffalo, or a Tatanka. Um, <laughs> number two. Number two is Renegade from Florida State. The horse. It was just the horse, right? And they come out each time and they throw the oh, spear yeah. in the in the yeah. fifty yard line. Uh, number three, we're going to see 
uh, down in Austin in October, Bevo. We saw him last time we were down there. And he was sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, he was, frankly, Ralphie was a lot more, like the last time I saw Ralphie, he seemed to have a lot more energy than Bevo. Bevo just sits there and eats stuff. Bevo seemed to be sedated, I'm just saying. <laughs> he so, might be, just to keep him in there. So how about Mike the Tiger from LSU? Now, they keep that in the cage on the side. Occasionally, you see it. We'll see it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you got Uga, the bulldog, the bulldog for Joy. You see that all the time. Yeah, he's just like, sitting there. He's just sitting there. I can't imagine how awesome it no, must feel for him to be on the sideline with like 90% humanity. He's just a slobbering mess is what Uga is. just a slobbering mess. But he's got a lot to root for because they're really good. Last time I checked. And so is LSU, yeah. typically. So there's the top five mascots. Here's a trivia question. Don't look at the answer. Yeah. Um, Thanks to at Cougar Sports or Cougar Stats, at Cougar Stats, which is a, a pretty cool Twitter site. It's got a lot of cool information. And they came up with something today that caught my attention. I thought I was going to ask you. And we'll ask the folks, too, because I also put the answers there. Yeah. So if you no, read no, them, I, I you mean, know. I already read through them. But, and the one I knew because I witnessed it personally. Most people don't think about. Right. The, uh, the No, the one I most people. Well. This was a recent, right? And, oh, the, oh, the and, and that, I mean the but, one. But from, the other one is an old teammate, and I yeah. did. I wouldn't have if I was going to guess. Yeah, I would have never guessed. I, this one. I wouldn't have guessed this one. So besides Taysom Hill, name the other two BYU quarterbacks who have fifty-plus yard runs in their career. Should let, let's should we do a couple other things and come back to that and let let folks answer that? People think about it. Yeah. So so other than Taysom Hill. Who had a 68-yard against Hawaii yeah, he's just, you know what, hey, over Texas. Taysom, Taysom, it seems like he had 150-yard runs against Texas over the two years. Mm -hmm. But um, I know that's a small exaggeration. But name the other two quarterbacks that had a 50-plus-yard run in their career. We'll let, we'll let you guys answer that, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll come back to that. Let's go over some key dates. Yep. And we get closer to them every show. Right. Um, and then we'll come back and see if anybody had the answer. So um, July 1st. As we, we keep pointing to that, and it gets closer and closer, BYU joins the Big 12. We can say something big is coming to BYU TV yep. live on July 1st. That's right. all we can say. And does it have to do with the Big 12? You'd think it would. I would think on July 1st. <laughs> it'll be something on BYU TV. Plan that has to, to be, be with, with us. That's all I can tell you. Plan to be with us. And then later that night, Stadium of Fire with Journey. The place is sold out. It's right. going to be rocking. The next sellout is going to be the home opener. So yeah, Can you give me tickets or do I have to go through my normal connections? Uh, I need like 23. No, I can't get you a section, <laughs> but I could get you a couple. I know um, that. Uh, okay, so then uh, July 12 and 13, Big 12 Media Days in Arlington, Texas. Well, BYU TV will be down there. Uh, you're you're heading down done. to do some interviews, right? I'm going to do some interviews there and be live on this show on the 11th right. uh, from, from, down, from there. down there. Then uh, July 18th, NFL training camp. So rookies start reporting like uh, Hall and Nakua and Freeland, all the all these guys that just signed. Mm -hmm. um, D'Angelo Mandel, as yeah. just mentioned, um, who who Janeiro uh, feels like has a really good shot, man to man guy. He he compared him to Michael Davis, which I think is great. That's Caleb Hayes. Good. So number of guys reporting as rookies this year for BYU, and then July twenty fifth. Um, we kick off uh, AFR's 10th season. Can you believe that we've done that show for nine years? 11 weeks from night. You and I and Dave Nixon will just yeah. bring it again. And we've got some really good, and we've really both, cool We've been things. working out to get in shape and ready for the show like we do every summer. We're going to be ready. I don't go. know what Nixon's been doing. Golfing. So, so, yeah. And can you stay in shape doing nothing but golf like he has? We're going to find out. We'll uh, see. On uh, July 25th. Because you've got to be in shape for that show because it's on the turf. It's on the yeah, turf. Yeah, it's going to so. be good. Um, August 3rd, the Jets and Zach Wilson against the Browns and Sione Takitaki. That's the NFL Hall of Fame game. First game of the year. 
September 2nd, Sam Houston at BYU. And next week, we'll be able to say what time and what place. Right. But we do know that it'll be a two-hour pregame show on BYU TV and about an hour postgame show. Be like the Super Bowl every Saturday right. for us. So he'll go back and answer that question. No, nobody got it. So, so <laughs> here it is. Besides Taysom Hill, name the other two BYU quarterbacks who have 50-plus yard runs in their career. And I know you won't I mean, guess Well, and here's one the of funny them. thing, because people said... Like one of the answers from uh, is that I ref sports. Oh, I ref sports. Okay, I get it. I love that. Nice. I ref sports. I ref sports says Doman, Beck, and Wilson. No, no, no. Yeah, like this, this is interesting. Now, now the one I knew because I remember it. Right, and that that was Jaron Hall's fifty-three yard run against Baylor. Remember on on a day when offense struggled and Puka was all they had. Started Doman, third quarter. Yeah, remember that Jaron just took off and just ran past everybody for fifty three. We yards. couldn't stop them, or we'd have had a chance in that. That got us within one score. Yep. just couldn't yep. stop them. So but the other one. This was a surprise to me, but and but people forget how mobile he was, and this was Jim McMahon, nineteen seventy eight. So he's a sophomore. Remember, and uh, he goes fifty six yards against Utah. I think we lost that game. Was that the 23-22 game or something? But uh, It might have been. Yeah, 78 was... was so McMahon Jim. takes off for 56 yards. Uh, yeah. Jim was used to run around like crazy. In fact, he did early in his NFL career. And everybody's like, he's man, he's going he's gonna to get beat up, which, which he eventually did get beat up. Um, but he was a crazy good athlete. Jim was a crazy good athlete. Not, not only did he have an absolute gun... But but he could run around and, and every sport I have ever competed in with Jim, whether it was playing basketball or out on the golf course, like you name it. Jim's a phenomenal athlete and could throw on the run as good as anybody I've ever seen. I would have guessed in that era that Steve Young would That's have done something before Jim McMahon. When I read the question, I'm like, well, it's gotta be Steve Young. Yeah. No. Jim McMahon. Now Steve had some big runs in the NFL. Remember you know, right. a couple of crazy long runs in the NFL. So Yeah, he was a madman in the NFL. All right, uh, some headlines from campus. Uh, you know what? Before we get to those headlines, do you really think Colorado's going to join the Big 12? We talked to Gennaro about that at the start of our interview. conversation, CBS Sports. Feels like they're going to. And if, and if they do... And then when would they? After and, and next year? And if they year? do, do we really feel, feel like they're going to be the only ones? No. Like it's... it's it, they got to come in. Or they just go, all right, you know what? We'll take Colorado and San Diego State. Which would be a great additions. I think the Pac-12 and their fans think San Diego State's going that way. I think it's going this way. They're listening to both. San Diego State's talked to both, yeah. right? But but where's the more stable entity at this point? Oh, Big because, 12. Because Washington and Oregon could be out at any time if the Big Ten extends an invitation, which could happen, right? Yeah. And so I think the Big 12 is a more stable entity than the Pac-12 right now. And, uh, and I, I just have to think that if Colorado's going, they have to also be having conversations with Arizona and Arizona State. You would think, and, you know, maybe they're talking to Utah. Um, we, we, we mentioned earlier it would be nice to have Utah to keep that game going, but I could see them taking San Diego State over Utah. Not because their football team's better than Utah, but San Diego State gives them a different time. West so. Coast gives them, gives them San Diego, and people will go, well, that's a pro sports town. Well, if they're in the Big 12... And and now in basketball, Kansas, 
yeah. and Kansas State and Baylor are huge in there. They, they, they're State. very well watched in basketball. Obviously, they just played the national championship game, but they just built a brand new football stadium. I, I think they start to sell out every game and have some attention if they're in the Big 12. Yeah. So something to watch. I think there's a couple meetings coming up with the Colorado Board of Regents. And uh, as CBS started reporting today, once momentum starts, feels like it's starting today for Colorado. As you know, now that now that we know it's confirmed that they've talked face to face with Brett Yormark and the Big Twelve. Once the momentum starts, something happens. You don't usually just get all this momentum and then nothing happens. It's all going to something. And I don't right. think it's going to the Pac twelve media deal. I think it's going to we're out. It's just a matter of which day they're gonna announce it. Well, and it's interesting that Colorado's the one school where people are like, hey, and, and we're not talking about we're talking about we're not talking about just people on Twitter. We're talking about writers for CBS Sports and Sports Illustrated and yeah, you know, like sports writers that are saying Colorado's been having conversations with the Big Twelve. The reason we go we just don't know about Utah is because every time Utah's asked about the Big Twelve, they act like that's just that not even an option. It's below us. Pac twelve is staying together and and so are they just giving everybody a line and actually having conversations? If they're smart. Um but but Colorado's someone inside that program's admitted they're having conversations. Obviously, that, with that many people, and reporting. Dion Dion uh, Sanders has 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 made it quite clear that he wants out of the Pac-12 and the Big Twelve. And Colorado used to be in, the Big, be in the Big Twelve, so they have right. actual history with with their with these teams much more so than anything they've right. tried to drum up in the Pac-12. Right. Utah will never be a rival for Colorado. They tried to sell they it as the Rocky, the Ro- the Rocky Mountain rivalry. Come on. Yeah, that's not. If Utah and Colorado, first of all, Utah has been way better than Colorado. It hasn't been a game. Yeah. So it typically has to be competitive. I'm sorry, that is not a rivalry. No. I think Utah's rivalry with Washington, you know, early on especially, um, or with USC but USC has 11 rivalries. Yeah, USC, everybody's USC's rival. Like, like BYU used so, to be in the WAC. We so so I, I don't think Washington and Utah's like Washington, Washington no. State. Let's face it, Utah doesn't have a rival in the Pac-12. No. And and they have a target on their back because they've been really good, right? But they they don't have a rival. Colorado is not Utah's rival. I'm sorry, you can't make a rival up. They have one rival, and it's just down the road Exactly from us. right. And BYU has one rival, and it's, it's up the road exactly right. All right, some headlines. BYU Golf missed the cut by 13 shots at the NCAA Championships. They finished tied for 23rd. They were 13th after the first two rounds, but they shot 23 over par in the third round. That's the worst in the field. But the challenge for them was, and we bring it on ourselves. We don't play on Sunday. It's never going to happen. Because of the no Sunday play rule, BYU played their third round back on Thursday by themselves on the golf course. And they basically shot themselves out of the tournament before it actually began. And momentum, we play golf. Momentum in our group, if everyone's playing good, everyone raises their game. Well, if it, everyone's it all like, over the place, it doesn't matter. Does it feel like a competition if you're the only ones on the course? I don't think so. It feels like a practice. Yeah. And so, I mean, you got to be able to get your mindset right. But they, they had a horrific day that day when they were out on the course by themselves. And they played really solid um, you know the other the other two days, so they they really shot themselves out of the tournament. And that's and, too bad because we're not saying they should play on Sunday. We'll, we'll no. never say that. It's just that by playing on Thursday by yourself, 
Um, that's a team that had a shot at a top 10 finish for sure. Maybe top five. They were that good this year. And, and they were playing that good down the stretch. They took second in the, in the regional, right? Yeah. Or did they take first? One of the first or second in the regional. Um, but after a 23 over, I saw that score and I yeah. said that they're out. They're out before the tournament even starts. Yep. And no. so now it's a big 12 golf. That's right. Let's go. And, and you know, we don't know how this is all going to roll out. Um, but the Big 12's made it really clear, hey, we're, Sunday play is not a big deal. Right. Like, we, we'll work work around that for BYU. It's not The NCAA's deal. not going to, so it'll always be a challenge. Right. But it's not going to be in the Big 12. Right. So that, I think that's great going in. Um, how about track and field? NCAA championships begin June 7th down in Austin, Texas. Um, the number 11 uh, BYU men's team uh, has multiple qualifiers. They've got Kenneth Rooks and a 3,000-meter steeplechase, world-class um, Dallin Schertz and Discus, Cameron Bates in the Javelin, Brandon uh, Garnica in the 10,000 meters, Casey Klingler in the 5,000 and 10,000. Casey, world class, right? Mm-hmm. I'm all these guys are world class. They're, they're running the NCAs, but I mean, really, really special, yeah. right? Um, uh, the 4 by 400 meter relay team of e- Eli Hazlitt, um, Jace Jensen, Landon Maxfield, and Josh Taylor have also qualified for the NCA. So, but nice deep. Uh, contingent going for BYU to the NCAAs. On the women's side, they were ranked 20th going into uh, the prelims. Uh, defending national champion Ashton Ryder-Lund, who's been on this show. She was with yep. us last summer. She's back throwing the javelin. Wouldn't it be something if she could win back-to-back titles? How about, yeah, that would be great. And she told us back then, if she could keep herself healthy, which she's pretty healthy right now is my understanding, that not only was she going to win another national championship, but... Um, she her goal is to qualify for the Paris Olympics, and so let's hope let's keep rooting for Ashton. Sierra Tidwell Alfins in for the high jump. Aubrey Friendaway is in for the ten thousand meter. Claire Seymour in the eight hundred meter. Megan Hunter also in the eight hundred meter. The four by one hundred meter relay. Adobe Tabugo, Jaslyn Gardner, Dolita Shaw, and Marion Barger, and the four by four hundred meter relay. Megan Hunter, Marion Barber. Briley Pontius and Claire Seymour. That's the group going yeah. to Texas. Four by one and the four by four, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Both those relays. They have, they've shattered the school records. So fun. During the season. They got a legit shot, and that's starting again yep. June 7th in Austin. Right. And and we, we were going to give you a Michael Rucker up. Did you already talk about this early on, about Michael Rucker being no. an option to, to Iowa today? You talked to Michael. Yeah, I texted him said, hey, hang in there. We're cheering for you. You'll be back soon. But yes. he got option today for the first time all season. To play in Iowa, the Cubs are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their offense. So they've got guys coming and going. Uh, Rucker, 20 appearances, 1-1 one one on the season. The ERA is 5.48, which is actually the second best out of the bullpen. Uh, he's allowed 14 runs. Um, second best for pitchers that have pitched 23 innings right. coming out of the bullpen. Only BYU player on the 40-man roster, still on that roster, but he got option to Iowa. And, uh, and we uh, expect him to be called back up. Yeah, go get some work there and, and come back. He'll be back up. So, um, uh, USA Volleyball, a little news from there. Former BYU star uh, Ronnie Jones-Perry is on the 14-player roster of the U.S. national team. So they compete this week in the Volleyball Nationals, or the Nations League preliminary round in Turkey. So the USA and 15 other international teams will compete over the next three weeks. The top eight teams advance on to the finals. Uh, Jones Perry played at BYU between 2015 and 2018. All right, go over some men's hoops because Lynn has asked about Bob Jensen. Now, Bob Jensen, I know, had a long run against Air Force. I'm going to look yeah, that up while there. you give us some but, notes. But we always tease Bob about that run because I don't know if you remember. He fell down. 
he raised his hands over his head to to kind of start celebrating the touchdown on about the 10 yard line what year was that i was on my mission and and he tripped and we 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 would give bob a hard time about that but sometimes those lines they use heavy paint they can trip you i don't know if it's we go back to 2000 i don't know if i can find that stat i remember we we call bob (laughs) bob jensen beach bob jensen bj so So. my mission companions and i were eating pizza Mm -hmm. at a mr gaddy's pizza in somewhere in texas i don't even know where and the byu game was on what a coincidence. It was at Air Force, right? It was at Air Force. I think I called and that And I game. remember he was running for a touchdown, and I remember looking up, and we were cheering, and then he put his hands up in the air and fell down at the three. And, and, here, and here's the thing about Bob Jensen. Sorry, and, Bob. And Lynn, that, that's a good call, because Bob was another crazy athletic guy. He came out of uh, Millard High School in Fillmore yeah. and was a high jumper. I mean, dude could jump out of the gym. Crazy, crazy good athlete. Um. So that would have been a good guess because Bob could run the ball around. Yeah, I'm still looking and, at it. It's terrible that we remember that, that he fell, but we used to tease Bob about that. So, well, BYU won the game, so it made yeah. it okay. So um, men's hoops, a little bit of news um, in men's hoops while you're looking that up. Tanner Toulson uh, transfers to Utah Valley. Toulson, the son of former BYU star Andy Toulson, played sparingly last year after returning from an LDS mission. Breaking news, um, breaking news. What do you got? How Bob's longest rush was 1987 it was 42 yards dang that's the one that so was that's the one so it didn't qualify the for the 50 plus thank you lynn appreciate that so, All so right, here, here we have another toolson cousin transferring from byu to, to utah valley does he end up back at byu later on and being so, a star it, like jake it worked out for the last one we know well first of all we know tanner right um and, and we love tanner and uh and he scored a boatload of points in high school yep. and and maybe right now you've used the best fit for him to get him on the floor and let him right. shoot let him get back going. byu's added a whole bunch of guards from the portal mm-hmm. and um that opportunity is not the same as it is at, at uvu right so we wish him the absolute best and and we'll see him right, right. byu and uvu play Absolutely. every year we'll be following him and rooting for him like crazy um, how about Jimmer Fredette? Remember when, when we talked to Jimmer and had him on the show, he was talking about his focus was going to be this three-on-three three thing. Yeah, we're like, gonna, what? He's going to go to the Paris Olympics in, in three-on-three. Well, guess what? When Jimmer says he's going to do something, he Jimmer just starts it. He just starts tracking toward it. <laughs> so play begins this week for Team USA. So he is on Team USA. Three-on-three uh, three World Cup in Vienna. So the the competition doesn't offer direct Olympic qualification, it's gonna but, go a, long but it'll go a long way because they're yeah. going to kind of watch and see how this goes. Um, so he he's gonna he's gonna compete in this, and and we expect them the team to do well, and then he expects uh, to be officially on the U.S. Right, roster, right? And then and this World Cup starts um, today; it runs through June fourth. So is keep, the world ready for Jimmermania? I'm telling you, him at the Olympics shooting and playing the way he does, and he's a great three on three player. It's must see TV. Oh yeah. I, it'd be so fun. He yeah. told us he was going to do this, and so we're not going to be surprised when he's the star of the Paris Olympics. And he told us he'd come back on with us before going over to Paris, so we'll, that, we'll look forward to that so conversation. So two, two people have told us they're going to be in the Paris Olympics, and that was their goal. Ashton in the javelin and Jimmer in three-on-three. Three. So we're, we're rooting like crazy for both of them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So. College basketball report, by the way, released its list of the top 25 shooters in men's college basketball since 2000. Jimmer's ranked number nine. J.J. Redick is number one. Dwayne Wade's number three, and James Harden's number five. That's quite a group. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're, but would you have 10, would you have Jimmer nine or would you have him up closer? I'd have him in the top five. Yeah. 
because he we we lived it. He he oh, was. Oh, it was ridiculous. These are all great shooters, um, but I'd, I'd take Jimmer. Well, and, and here's the thing: it's I mean, James Harden and Dwayne Wade get a lot of cred because of their NBA accomplishments, but we're just going pure college basketball. Yeah, yeah. He was he was second to none. Should really. I, who did Wade play for in college? Where was D Wade? I can't even remember. Okay, but I I can tell you he was. Awesome in the pros. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was spectacular. Um, and Reddick played at Duke, right? Didn't J.J. Reddick yeah. play at Duke? And he was a phenomenal shooter. But Jimmer's number nine, according to the College Basketball Report. We oh, think he should be a little yeah, higher Yeah, we should have known this. Dwayne Wade was Marquette. Marquette. Yep. I go. don't often think about Marquette. I'll be They've honest. had some great shooters. Absolutely. So. On this day, May 30th, as we wrap up the show with uh, really one of the most fascinating uh, couple of minutes, because... Our history is who we are, right? And, and you can all go back. And if it happened in your lifetime, there's a good chance you'll go, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So on this day, May 30th, and if this happened in your lifetime, we'd love you to call on the show. You can come on the show <laughs> if this happened in your lifetime. In 1783, Benjamin Tower of Philadelphia publishes the first daily newspaper in the United States. 1783. Isn't that crazy that we're now living in an era where the newspaper is going away? If somebody was around during that time and they want to come on the show, we will have a, a bazillion downloads. It'll be great. And we have a lot of a lot of questions. 1848, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo goes into effect. So the U.S. picked up New Mexico. It's like an NBA trade. Right. The U.S. picks up New Mexico, California, parts of Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and Colorado from Mexico in exchange for $15 million. By 1848 standards... That's a lot of dough. Yeah. By our standard today, it's we, it's a cost of a, a house in California. Debt, debt, I don't even want to get into that, but yeah, $15 million. So that all went down. That Today's the day we got all these pieces. Yeah, we picked it up. So okay. 1911, the first Indianapolis 500 was won by Joe Dawson. They had that race uh, Sunday with Memorial Day weekend. I was at the Indy 500 in 1990, first race I've ever been at. Yeah. It was on my internship. For WTHI in Terre Haute, Indiana, the owner of the station owned the Los, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Holman family. Mm -hmm. So I had full access to everything I didn't understand. I even interviewed the winner of that race, Ari Leyendyke, and only later. Well, did, there, there you go. Did, what in the world? Uh, so, <laughs> so fifteen Thanks, million in, in eighteen forty eight is worth. We're looking at a graphic for those on the 576 podcast. $576 million approximately in today's dollars. So nice. we got a deal. We, Thanks, we got DJ. A deal. Thanks, DJ. So we got a, we got a deal on yeah. that. So, so, uh, so. And you love, you, like we've talked about, because I went, I don't remember what year I went. I went the year Ari Leyendijk won the Indy 500. Um, but I think the Flying Dutchman won it a couple of times. Yeah. But um, but that was, uh, that was awesome. I've it, never it, even been to an auto crazy, race. People asked me, we were asking our kids the other night, Final Four game, World Series, Indy 500, like what would what would you do? And they, I felt like they didn't value the Indy 500 high enough. Because you and I have been, and we know what a spectacle it is. It is a total spectacle. And if you're into racing, it's it, that and Daytona, and you're in well, heaven. I, and I've heard that the Daytona 500, if you want to just do pure people watching, that's the one. it's the craziest place it's to Florida? go. Florida? Oh, it's just nuts. All right, so 1922, the Lincoln Memorial is dedicated. Yeah, how about that? 1922, 1964, the Beatles song Love Me Do hits number one in the United States. We all know that song. Love Me love, Do. Love Me Do, you know I love you. 1967, Evil Knievel jumped 16 automobiles on his motorbike in Gardena, California. 
What year did he jump into the Snake River? Because he didn't make it. I don't know. He also crashed jumping the fountains at Caesars yeah, later. Yeah. He was more famous for his crashes. So <laughs> everybody just watched to see if he would crash. What an idiot. Uh, I, I'm going to put my life at risk jumping stuff. But he did. Yeah, That's he how made, he rolled. He, hey, he made a living at Maybe it. Maybe idiot's too strong, but it's just like, come on. Yeah. One, one crash, he broke every bone in his body yeah. or something like that. 2003, May 30th. Finding Nemo premieres in the U.S. We all read it's part of our well, fiber. Now, and now when I have a moment, I'm like, I feel like Dory right now. <laughs> I feel like Dory. That Finding Nemo has been around for that long. And you know what? When the kids put it on, it's just as good today. Yep. It's great. So Birthdays on this day, May 30th. Yeah, 1908. Mel Blanc. Now, you might say, who's Mel Blanc? And then all of a sudden... That's all, folks. Voice of Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, and Porky Pig. Yes. One of the great... uh, He brought cartoons to life. Yep. 1909, Benny Goodman, the King of Swing. King of Swing. Where would we be without the King of Swing? Yeah. 1943, on this day, Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers for the Chicago Bears... I didn't know Gale Sayers until I saw Brian's song. Oh, yeah. Started Brian Piccolo. And, and then all of a sudden, I've always known Gale well, Sayers. So the question is, did you cry when you watched Brian's yeah, song? Absolutely. Yeah, I did too. I, I cried like a baby. I sometimes cry during the Avengers. Yeah, well, that's, some, <laughs> it's, that's it's a whole a, other... a whole other thing. We're not going to get into that. In 1971. Yeah, and Dina Menzel. And she was just here with the Tabernacle yeah, Choir not and long Dina ago. And Dina was the, uh, the original um, uh, Alphaba. In uh, alongside uh, Kristen Chenoweth, so she played Elphaba. Kristen Chenoweth played Galinda Wicked in Wicked on Broadway, that's and that's right. that's what brought her fame. And then she's just been in everything since then. Uh, the The kids know her as playing Fro- in Frozen as the lead in Frozen. So um, she's she's the singing and vocal voice of who's the who's the queen in Frozen? Uh, it's not Elsa. It's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, is it Elsa? Yeah, it's Elsa. It's not Anna. And by the way, it's Elsa. Thank you. Well, we can have a show on who's cuter, Elsa or Anna. I I like Anna better. (laughs) We're not going to have a debate on which cartoon is cuter. I'm telling you, like, like if you don't like Anna better than Elsa, I don't even know what you're thinking. They got different personalities. It's like Ginger versus Marianne that we always used to talk about (laughs) on Gilligan's Island. Ginger or Marianne? I'm like, I'm I'm a Marianne guy. I'm not a Ginger guy, and so I'm also an Anna guy, not an Elsa guy. Okay. But Indina Menzel played the voice of Elsa, so and she was awesome in that. And then one day we'll do a show on all of that. (laughs) Yes, we will. All right. Notable deaths today, 1431. You're way back for Joan of Arc. Yeah. And if you were around on Joan of Arc, please call the show because we want to have you on the show. <laughs> 1994, Ezra Taft Benson, 13th President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and former Secretary of Agriculture for President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yeah, amazing life for President Benson. Yeah. On this day, 1994. Our wise guys, inspirational quote of the week is from President Benson. Right. Let's go with it. The Lord works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. The world would take people out of the slums. Christ would take the slums out of the people, and then they would take themselves out of the slums. And he continues. Man, what, how, that is. The that, world would mold men by changing their environment. Christ changes men who then change their environment. Yep. The world would shape human behavior, but Christ can change human behavior. President wow. Ezra Taft Benson passing away today. In 1994. And that, that statement right there has never been truer. Unbelievable. Great stuff. Our podcast will be up tomorrow. Uh, share it with your friends. We invite you to uh, go to um, 
wise guys and subscribe it's free and that'll help us grow the show it's super easy to do it's a favor to us and we'd appreciate it if you do that and uh, and then wiseguys.com has got our our weekly email you can sign up that's free yep. and get highlights of this great show and, 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 and sometime we're like guys are already coming and like Richard uh, Smirthwaite is also saying, definitely Marianne, not Ginger. See, I'm telling you, people want to have this show. And Greg. then, then Greg Roman is like, hmm, how about Nancy Kerrigan or Tanya Hart? Come on, Greg. Come on. Like, I don't like either of them. That took that, that, took that conversation to Nancy a whole new Kerrigan place. Versus Tanya. Actually, I think Nancy's cuter than Tanya. She's a, yeah. little, too, she's a little too rough, rough for me. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but thanks, Richard, for hanging with me on the Marianne versus the Ginger thing. Yeah. And, and someday we'll come back and we'll do a whole show on. We could do. We could just run down either famous or. duos, either or. Either yep. or. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So the podcast tomorrow. Look for it again. We have some amazing guests coming up, and and uh, boy, Gennaro Guilford was fantastic tonight. Yeah, he's so good, and and uh, he he is. People, I, I hope people get to get a chance to like we had a chance tonight to see him more and listen to him. He's a really, really good football coach. He's a great recruiter. He's a great human being, but but he knows his stuff. We talk about the situational awareness. He's a great technician with these guys, and and uh, he's he's going to be he, he's going to be a he's already at one of the top cornerback coaches. But he's he's going to be a great D coordinator at some point in his career. A really good coach. And it and, feels and, hey, like Greg Romano. Don't worry. Like we're just teasing. It's okay. He brought up Nancy Kerrigan and we're Tanya Harding, teasing, and now he's, we're just teasing. It's all good. Gennaro um, has a stable of of cornerbacks that are that are Big Twelve ready. Yeah, and I he, mean they have fall camp and all that stuff, but he's got guys. He mentioned a couple of young guys. Um, you know, he mentioned Evan Johnson. People always ask us, do we have some depth or there's some young up and coming guys? They they really like their freshman class. They love their young corners. They feel like they can run with anybody. And he mentioned two two of the freshman corners, McKenzie and and Evan Johnson. Johnson. Are world class sprinters. Yeah, you always got all the speed they need to compete, especially with the young guys. Let's go. So Wednesday morning, which is tomorrow, May thirty first, ESPN is going to roll out the schedule, TV times, game times for the first three games of the season for all of college football, not just BYU. But uh, that's going to go down tomorrow. I'll be on Sports Nation tomorrow, and hopefully, if it comes out in the morning, we can digest that. Uh, and, and break it down. But next week, it'll certainly yep. be we'll have a point of, of interest for us. And we can start saying, okay, game day starts at this time. Right. Game starts here. Your tailgate starts at this time. And we can start making plans. And it'll be on this channel. So yeah. We'll have yeah. that for you. So. For Blaine Fowler, I'm Dave McCann. Thank you, everybody, for watching The Wise Guys. We'll see you, see you next, next Tuesday. Time. Have a great week. Next week will be in June. Yep, we're there.